everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Again, this is the Just Shiatsu Podcast, and as always, I'm your host, Justin Zelinsky. And today I wanted to go over this idea of Shen, or spirits, so that maybe you can add a little more context to what it means to be alive for us. I wanted to start off with a couple quotes. One is a, a poem I happen to run across. Looks like it's credited to somebody called Matt Hogan. And the title of it is Ego versus Soul. The ego seeks to serve itself. Soul seeks to serve others. Ego seeks outward recognition. Soul seeks inner authenticity. Ego seeks life as a competition. Soul seeks life as a gift. Ego seeks to preserve self. Soul seeks to preserve others. Ego looks outward. Soul looks inward. Ego feels lack. Soul feels abundance. Ego is mortal. Soul is eternal. Ego is drawn to lust. Soul is drawn to love. Ego seeks wisdom. Soul is wisdom. Ego enjoys the prize. Soul enjoys the journey. Ego is cause to pain. Soul is cause of healing. Ego rejects God. Soul embraces God. Ego seeks to be filled. Soul is eternal wholeness. Ego is me. Soul is we. And I think that's a good idea to start thinking about when we're thinking of uh, this idea of Shen or spirits in, in Chinese medicine as they relate a little bit more to the soul aspect in um, that poem that I just read. But they also balance a little bit with ego. So ego isn't considered so demonic, I guess would be the way to say it in, in the medicine. I mean, there you do have to live with a sense of yourself to uh, move through life. And then next I wanted to quote just a small small quote from Maya Angelou. Spirit is an invisible force made visible in all of life. And that one probably sums up this idea of Shen or spirit wholly in, um, in that simple sentence. But I'm going to talk about it for a lot longer. So the idea of Shen or, or spirits, and I'll probably flip-flop between the two as I just say them, but know that they're, they mean the same thing. They're not very elaborated on within the classical text of the Neijing. They're mentioned here and there, and, and you can grasp little hints from the text as to what they are and what they mean about life. But I actually had to go a little bit deeper to, to try and understand more of what they are. So I've read a couple other people's ideas and thoughts on a lot of the spirits. And I was really drawn to a book called Aspects of Spirit by Elizabeth Rocher. And just know that most of the references that I'm going to use are strongly drawn from there. She goes through um, the history of how some of these uh, spirits came into being through the, the older Taoist texts and then kind of brings some of those ideas forward into the, the Chinese medicine aspect. So when we talk about Shen and spirits, what exactly are we trying to, to define? So the Shen, what came first before everything else? It's the inner organization of our bodies. It's our, our, our vital strength, our, our drive. It is also our consciousness of self. 
And they are very heavenly, so we cannot see their actions, but we can see their effects on the body and the the way we move through the world is also would be a representation of how our shin or spirits are interpreting things. If you want to look at it from a a more material ideal, like they inhabit everything that is us. They are in every electron and every proton. They are the atoms that create our structure, our organization of who we are. Some people even say it's the prenatal aspects of our personality. So it's this person we are that was created at birth, if you believe in this idea of uh, a soul that might inhabit a form from another source. The spirits are what exist before emotion is expressed, and they are their basis for their expression. When we talk of Shen in Chinese medicine, it has the meaning of being both singular and plural, or you could say they're neither singular or plural. They move together as one, and they cannot exist without the others. And I was trying to think of a way to to put that into words, and I was thinking maybe you could think of it as a watch, right? A watch is the whole thing, but if you were to look into the watch, you might see a gear, a screw, you know, all the other little intricate parts that are part of the watch. And you could think of those descriptions of those individual pieces as these aspects of Shen, but they aren't a watch unless they're all together. And lastly, you could also think of the Shen as our reactions to things. It's kind of uh, the idea of our subconscious would kind of be this idea of, of Shen as well. In the physical body, it is what inhabits our blood and chi. And these are the representatives of, of Shen's movement inside the body. When you feel pain in the body, this is the Shen's signal for change. And this brings to, to question, when working with the Shen, are we actually working on the Shen? And I don't know there's a clear answer for that. But we do know for a fact that the Qi or the Qi influences the spirits. So if we're using this idea of Qi and movement to heal or create a healing movement in an individual, this is how we are definitely communicating with the spirits in the body. And it is these spirits or these Shen that allow healing to happen. The spirits are in charge of listening to the message and either accepting it or rejecting it. And how do the spirits become disordered or unorganized? So we can disorganize them with too much desire, too many worries, too many concerns. These all move the spirit away from a sense of order. And we can actually deny our spirits Again, we can deny our spirits by continuing on with our passions and desires, even though they have given us the signs that it is not right for us at this moment. Again, those signs would be pain or just, you know, like some inner knowing, some whisper in your mind that's telling you this is not right. Like those, that's the idea of Shen or inner knowledge or an, an innate knowing, right? And this brings to mind for me, this idea of ego versus true self. You know, if we were to develop amnesia, Right? We, we lose our defined sense of self, who we've been creating our life. It's gone. But yet we still exist and we still live in life. And the idea is without the ego that we created for our, our, our sense of self moving through our life, would we, would we choose differently? 
without having to live up to expectations or a definition of a self, would we be a healthier person? I don't actually have the answer for that, but it's an interesting thing to think about. If we didn't have this, this egotistical drive to be something, could we restore health that easily just by not following destructive behavior because we need to be that person? And then lastly, it's important to understand, just like there's five elemental movements, there's also five spirits. And in my mind, they exist a little differently than the elements do. The spirits tend to be in pairs of yin and yang with the heart at the center. So we have the pairs of the hun and po. And you could think of this as a heavenly aspect of self and an earthly aspect of self. And then we have the aspects of yi and ji, which my Chinese is absolutely probably horrid to a a native speaker. So I will refer to yi as intention and zhi as will, just so I don't have to feel like I'm butchering another person's language. So when we look at these aspects of each other, I always see the heart in the center. I see the hoon above the heart, the po below the heart. I see the intent on the left side of the heart and the will on the right side of the heart. So if you put all those together, you get like something that looks like a plus sign. And I see a pairing that goes up and down and a pairing that goes left to right. That's how I envision the way these interact with each other. And then we always have to keep this idea in mind that the heart is the center of self. It is where the amalgamation of all these spirits exist and, and, and become you or, or are you, however you want to look at it. So this idea of Shen, or sometimes it'll, it'll say Shen Ming, is this conception of self. And it's, it, again, stored inside the heart. It's the idea that all the, all the Shen are in harmony. And when they're in harmony, that reflects through the heart. And we always need to keep in mind that, especially when it comes to the Shen of the heart, or Shen Ming, it's always going to be very mysterious and imperceptible. And I like to think of it in the same way as like you might think of like how someone who believes in um, God might say you can never fully understand God. Or if you want to take it from the Taoist perspective, like the Tao that can be named is not the Tao. Like this idea that we can never fully understand everything. I kind of look at the Shen inside the human body kind of has that same connotation, especially when we're talking about the, the combination of everything. It's just too hard to fully understand. But we do know that when the heart is in peace or calm, we know all the spirits are in harmony. So the Shen and Shen Ming are strong. And they are radiating out from the heart. You can also think of the idea of the Shen or Shen Ming as like a following a heavenly destiny you know shen ming the the ming aspect is is about our radiance the beauty the brightness of self and the heart often can be equated to it's our inspiration in life it's our intuitive knowing in life so next let's move on to this idea of the hun and po which are two aspects of of the same idea really so the Han is the, the heavenly aspect and the Po would be the earthly aspect. So when we look at the Hun specifically, 
the Hoon aspect is more likened to this idea of mind as opposed to the more solidified aspect of body. And you can think of it as just a general sense of consciousness. The Hoon is, is said to be very free and easy moving spirit, meaning that it's not always held in place by the body. It, it actually has the ability to, to move and leave, leave the body or move outside the body. And the best way I can think of putting this into thoughts or ideas is this idea of dreams. Like when you're dreaming, that's the hoon, right? It's it's gone to another world, another place. Or if you daydream, when you're daydreaming and you imagine yourself someplace other than where you are and you get a good context and feel for being there, that's the hoon, right? Because the hoon is so flighty, we'll say, or, or lacking substance, it actually needs substance to balance itself out. And these are how the, the spirits kind of get attached to the organs of reference. So the hoon is attached to the liver. And the liver is where the blood is stored in the body. So the blood is very form, right? We're talking about this idea of blood and chi as uh, the making of a human. The blood is the more form part. So the hoon attaches to the blood to balance itself out. And I've also seen some aspects where people will uh, give the hoon this idea of, of courage, which also relates to, to liver a little bit. And when I think of this, I try to think of it as like, courage is this idea of being strong enough when things aren't so good. You know, a sense of being strong and staying in the body so the hoon doesn't leave. It has the courage to be with the body. It is a, a correct action and it has clear communication with the po and heart the po is more likened to the body as opposed to the mind being the pair with the hoon the po is more the bodily aspects of self it is considered more the vital functions of the body and i've seen some comparisons to the autonomic nervous system meaning like it's these uncontrollable things that just work in the body to keep us alive and because it is more body and more function, you know, it itself relates to the form. So it needs chi to balance it. So it gets housed with the lung because the lung is where the chi or the most, you know, invisible aspects of life are taken into, you know, through breath. And this helps balance out the, the form aspect of, of what is po. Where the hoon can leave the body, the po can never leave the body. It's always with the body. And it is often equated with our animal urges or survival urges. So a proper hoon, you know, if you were to lose consciousness, or I should say proper po, if you were to lose consciousness, the po is the breathing, the beating of the heart. When you're conscious, it's the urge to eat. And it's, it's more based in our carnal desires. So our, our pleasures and you know sexual desires are, are more attached to the, the Po. When the Po is strong, the physical body is strong. It has a sense of holding oneself strong and, and upright no matter what's happening. And I, I like to think of it a little bit as like a warrior spirit. This strong presence of body is a very Po aspect to me. So next we'll move on to this idea of intent and will. And these tend to be a little more psychological in 
in their uses or their ideas. And they progress one into the other, where Hun and Po are opposites of the same coin. The intent and will have that same dynamic, but they definitely flow more fluidly from a start to a finish. So this idea of intention also can be sometimes translated as thought, ideas, attention, focus. All these still give the same idea of what intention is or the yeet. It's sort of a subconscious aspect of self as well. It's the preconception that gives rise to what we believe in life. It's the base foundation or idea that gives distinction to the thoughts that follow. It's our reference point before we start to develop a deeper drive. When we start to manifest this intention more thoroughly, you can think of it as a slow, methodical process of random ideas that gradually form into an organized thought. And you can see that as the same way that like, we digest food. Right? We take in our food and our stomach slowly digests that, turns it into something else. This is the same idea with the intention. So this is why it gets paired with the spleen or the earth element, is that it, it also is a foundational form for your thought, and it slowly you know, digests the thoughts and turns them into something we can use. And then the last sense of spirit is the will and this also can be translated as you know the idea to follow through it's a determination to do something it is the next step from the idea of intention a willpower is established from the intent it's a thought held in place and brought through to fruition through a sustained willpower it's also the element that gives us strength in the midst of trials and tribulations and when our willpower is healthy, these, these drives have real obtainable goals as opposed to maybe not seeing things clearly enough to, to really understand that that goal is not obtainable or, or unrealistic. So in that way, you can think of the intention as the manifestation and the willpower is what holds that intent in place so that we can develop purpose. So they're a continuity from one to the next. You know, it's, it's our aspiration. It's what we fix our mind on. It's our purpose or our ambition and our ability to persist. And the willpower is usually more of a long-term basis. You know, it should be for the betterment of self when it's in health. You know, it's something that's not very simple or it's not immediate. Those would probably be more aspects of like a, a Poe desire. And ultimately, when we put the intent and will together, we're talking about the intelligence you know, someone who is inquisitive, curious, and has an agile mind. So now that we've briefly kind of talked about this idea of these spirits and how they they work together or how they define aspects of ourself, I want to think about what does that mean for treatment? Because they are very obscure and they don't seem to have a whole lot of clear definition to what they are. So how do we work with that? We know that the Shen are what allows healing and health to happen in the body. The idea is to, to call your Shen into treatment. And what does that mean? Well, we know the heart is the center and it rules everything. And we know that when the heart is calm and serene, order is restored. 
So when we're, we're doing body work, we want to make sure we're, we're calling forth our shin, our calmness, our inner serene. This is how we communicate best through touch with somebody. This is also why body work that focuses on relaxation is so strong. It restores order to another's body. The other thing that I, I, I found kind of interesting to think on is that talking too much can damage the spirits. And what I think is meant by this is sometimes our interpretations or ideas of something when we're communicating that outward to someone else might not be seen the same way. And this can actually cause a conflict in ideas or thoughts and actually disturb another's spirits. And they actually can unfold in quietude easier, I think. So this idea of being quiet and letting them manifest themselves instead of forcing a movement onto the spirits is very powerful. And with that, I kind of see two ways that I sometimes try to work in a very, you know, Shen-like fashion. And, you know, one is just the work itself. So we communicate with, with these ideas through the blood and chi, through the movement of chi and blood in the body. And this is just the general work of working on the channels in the body and, you know, communicating with the, the organs as well. But the second one I find super interesting is this idea of Shen Ming. And that spirit brightness or spirit illumination sometimes is how that's translated. And I actually take this in a very literal way. And I just like to think sometimes when I'll notice distortions in the body, I like to sit with them and just imagine shining light into these spots with my touch. And this is actually a really common practice in meditations. You know, you'll if you listen to enough guided meditations, you'll come across some who will always talk about imagining the body as light. And this is a common, seems to be a common manifestation of, of a meditative process as people experiencing their body as light. So I tend to take that idea and mix that with the idea of Shen Ming and just treat the body as it is just a body of light. And we're trying to brighten it and even out the brightness throughout the whole body. And those are the, the two main ways that I think of working on this, this Shen level with people. So if we are to understand that the spirits are the true reason for health or for illness, then it has to be understood that the real treatment for any individual happens within. So it's this organization of the spirits within that is really healing the person. And we need to let go of our sense of righteousness or sense of I did this type of aspect when giving treatments and realize that it's them or the receiver who's actually healing. And the great thing about this aspect of healing is the receiver doesn't even have to be aware of this aspect of the medicine. It's there regardless. And in fact, you may turn some people off if you start talking too deeply into this stuff because it's a little out there and it's a little unclear. Like you start asking enough questions, the answer is going to be, I don't know. But then I like to reflect back to this idea of that, like talking too much sometimes disturbs the spirits anyway. So, you know, I don't see a reason to really bring these aspects up in practice unless someone's really inquisitive or asking about them. So this brings me to, to really think on uh, an idea here is if the illness stays the same and the person did not respond to the treatment, why is that? Well, there's a couple things you could say from this idea of the spirits, right? 
is maybe we didn't speak clearly enough through our work and, and they didn't hear what we were trying to say. You know, there is an aspect where maybe they just didn't like us and that actually closes down their spirits to listen to us. And then I th- another aspect I like to think about is sometimes the message we might be trying to give conflicts with their created sense of self or conflicts with their foundational ideas of life. And this makes me think of this idea of, of force versus acceptance. And I, I am a, a martial artist and I, I practice Aikido. And this really becomes apparent when you're trying to, to do an Aikido technique because Aikido is about blending with the person's energy to move them. If I get too forceful in a technique, their body tenses up against that and refuses to move. And I see that as a clear reflection in body work too. If I try to be too forceful with what I'm trying to do and they don't want to go there, it actually creates a bigger block within the person you're working on. So the idea is you just need to accept wherever the energy wants to move while you're working and just trust that the person is always working for their best interest. So they're always working to heal themselves. And it might be a slow process. It might be a quick process. But there's no judgment on which is right or wrong because they both are right. And this also makes me think of putting our ideals onto the treatment process versus listening to what they want done in the treatment process. And the question then comes to how do we avoid this conflict of you know forcing our ideals onto somebody else? And it's, it's really simple. We just listen to what they want. You know, maybe they don't know we could work on an aspect they bring up, so we can inform them of that. But the decision is still theirs. It's not ours to force onto them how we want them to heal. And I think the clearest and easiest way to allow this to happen, again, is to call upon our spirit, you know, bringing ourselves into the moment, finding that calm, serene spot in our hearts where we can shine forth and be a guiding light for somebody, where we can help manifest a change. But ultimately, we need to understand that it's on them. It's their acceptance of that that light or that guidance or you know, however you want to phrase it for yourself. That is the true healing that happens within an individual. Well, for this topic, that's about all I have to say on it. As always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, ideas you'd like to have me cover on the, on the show, you can always drop me an email. And again, my email is justslinsky at gmail.com. So J-U-S-T-Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. And I hope, as always, you have a good week. And I hope to have you tune in again next episode. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.